All right, so in progress, we are going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. So, the Lord just put this kind of on my heart today, based on a devotional, this morning's devotional, which I read a couple hours ago, and it just reminded me of this. It wasn't about this verse or this, this passage, but I was just reminded of this. Because I've studied this, this Matthew chapter 5 is the start of the Sermon on the Mount. And that's Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And I think one of the greatest sermons ever by our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in every way, of course, a, you know, picture-perfect modern sermon. It's got an introduction. It's got three main uh, paint points or three main sections. And then it's got a conclusion. And so it's a very ordered sermon. He uses a lot of uh, really brilliant rhetorical elements, a lot of repetition. Um, you can see the introduction is, of course, the Beatitudes. And that would be an entire, you could have a sermon on any one of these points, which is why this is such a great sermon. Literally, you know, you could just go through the Beatitudes and make sermon after sermon out of this stuff. But, uh, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's my favorite. I think I've shared with you on that before. Anyway, he says, you're salt and light. And then he jumps into his first major section, which um, I could call kind of like your attitudes toward the law. And so he says, don't think I've come to abolish the law. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And then he goes on and says in verse 21, you've heard that it was said, do not murder. And so he explains what that really means. He says in verse 27, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. And he explains what God really means by that. The spiritual meaning behind the simple physical commandment. Uh, 31, it has also been said, whoever divorces his wife. And in 33, again, you have heard that it was said, do not break your oath. And so uh, he just keeps going through here. You have heard that it was said in verse 38, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. And he clarifies uh, what's what's God's actual heart here in case you are so dull as to have completely missed it. And so he tells him uh, that he concludes, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Then the next section begins in chapter six. And you could uh, title this your attitudes towards yourself, perhaps. Um, and that would be all of uh, chapter six. And he, he's talking about your internal attitudes in doing the things that you do. Um, be careful not to perform your righteous acts before men to be seen by them. But... Uh, do it in, in secret, you know. He also uh, goes through and here gives us the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, of course, you know, he's uh, he's a little bit, uh, well, anyway, he gives us the Lord's Prayer, prayer and that's kind of the model prayer. Uh, elsewhere in uh, another gospel, when he gives it, uh, he says, you know, don't repeat, repeat it like this. But, and, of course, it's the most repeated prayer <laughs> ever. But it's a really good, good model prayer. And... Um, and he goes in, and the part I want to set, focus on is the end of this middle section about the attitudes towards yourself. You know, he talks about uh, performing your righteous acts before men, praying before men, uh, fasting before men, you know, and what it really should mean, your attitudes towards yourself. Um, in verse 19, he, he hints on this, you know, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy 
and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And uh, so that's a really good point. And verse 24 kind of touches on this a little bit too. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And this is kind of a, an introduction to the section I want to look at, starting in verse 25. Because uh, this gives us the Christians, this is our, our priorities. This is to be our priorities. And as I look out at you all here tonight and at you all on Zoom, I want to encourage you, we must be sharing this with one another, with other Christians. This is what we have got to share with each other. Um, he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And, of course, we know that Jesus said elsewhere that he has sent so that, we, there might, so that we might have more to this life. In fact, there's a song about that that I'm going to try to make into a VBS one day. But more to this life. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Then he comes and says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Elsewhere, Jesus says that not one of them falls to the ground apart from the will of your heavenly Father. Not one of them falls to the ground. And so this is how involved, you know, in this day and age, you know, we're so, so far down the road from early Christianity, thousands of years, and culture has devolved and convolved and revolved, but it has not evolved in a good sense and uh so we're surrounded by a culture that's you know just obsessed with this life with the now and we have got to fill our hearts with heaven we've got to fill our hearts and focus on eternity and have the perspective um you know we go to college for years you know to get a fancy degree you know i work for a high-tech company my company typically does not hire bachelor's degree candidates. If you want to go to work for AMD and you've got a bachelor's degree, you better have 20 plus years experience, which is how I got my foot in the door because I only got a bachelor's degree, right? That's just the way it is. Um, or, you know, if a, a, you know, an opening comes up, but, but um, just thinking about, he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And that's a great point. What is your worry going to accomplish? Nothing but instilling fear in your own heart, right? He says, why do you worry about clothes? Consider how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was adorned like one of these. Did you know that if you really study botany and biology, you'll find that things like leaves and flowers have patterns of what you might call color when you translate it into things that we can relate to that are formed by uh, different polarization of light, things that our eyes are incapable of perceiving. There's more quant- qualities of, of light than our eyeballs can perceive, such as polarization. And when you look at many, many flowers and many types of uh, leaves, they have gorgeous patterns all of their own completely invisible to us in the polarization patterns 
So if this is how God clothes the grass, the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into a furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, well, what should we eat? Or what should we drink? Or what should we wear? For the Gentiles strive after all these things. And that's the people we're surrounded by. That's what they're they're striving after. You know, Publix is having a hard time getting people to shop there anymore for anything other than instant meals. Their instant meal section is getting bigger and their non-instant meal section is, is you know, getting smaller. They used to have, uh, before 2020 hit, they used to have these in-store cooking demonstrations. So, and, you know, they had little recipe cards, you know, to encourage people, cook, cook, because so many people are just restaurant surfing. We're so rich in today's society that we can just, you know, go out to restaurants for, you know, not all of us now, right? Not all of us are that rich, but as a society, you know, most of the colleagues I work with, I mean, AMD pays really well. And most of the colleagues I work with, if any of them are married, there many of them, if not most, I think most are two income families with two fat incomes, you know, making a lot more than I do with a lot less children. And so uh, we find ourselves in a society which is so rich that we just got to eat all the time. You know, what restaurant today? You know, there's, there's a, when I joined AMD, they stuck me on a chat group called like lunch club or something like that. And every day they all get on there and they chat, you know, what do you guys want to do today? You know, go to T flats or whatever, you know, and I, I don't, I turned off the little notifications for that channel. So I don't know what they're talking about these days, but uh, they, they, you know, every day they chat, where are we going to go out to lunch? You know, 10, 12 bucks an entree. My gosh, you know, I mean, that adds up. But this is what they worry about. What should we eat? What should we drink? Oh, don't get me started. Or what should we wear? I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if this, this, this is still a thing. You know, when I was a kid, you know, everyone had to have like, I don't actually remember, like whatever brand jeans I didn't have. You know, you're, you're supposed to have that. Like maybe it was Levi's. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, I no longer care nearly as much. <laughs> I've had my priorities slightly turned around since when I was a kid, but you know, kids are obsessed over this stuff, you know, and adults can easily be Gentiles strive after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. And here's the kicker. Seek first the kingdom of God. I should have saved all my time to uh, party on this verse. What is uh I need to figure out what time it is. Well, it doesn't say someone that, you know, just shake me down because I forgot my watch. Seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you, unto you. All these things will be added unto you. That's such a great verse there. That's such a great sense of priorities. Such a wonderful, wonderful sense of priorities. And this is so needed in this day and age. Culture says, seek first money so that you can buy what you're going to eat and drink and wear. And then money so that you can buy whatever, you know, the place you live in and the fancy car and the Tesla and whatever you need, right? Then seek, after that, seek money so that you can buy more of that stuff, right? This is what our culture says. Our culture says, seek all this stuff, you know, go get degrees, go into huge debt for your degree so you can go make huge amounts of money with your degree and repay the huge amount of debt. And then you'll break even, or maybe the government will forgive your debt, but now, now, this is, of course, given while Christ was here on earth, the gospel was, you know, had a slightly different uh, sound to it because he said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? And we now are saying, repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, right? But still, the priorities are still the same. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added 
unto you. This is how we as Christians are to prioritize and order our lives. And don't worry about tomorrow. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. I find it incredible that even just the wording of this, that this was said so many thousands of years ago, 2,000 years ago, this very wise, very cleverly constructed sentence escaped our Lord's mouth and It's so needed today. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. And so this is a huge encouragement uh, to me. I I do honestly think that the Lord, you know, the Lord will take care of you if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He really will take care of you. He He has said it here. And, you know, I think we need to encourage one another. And everyone, everyone in Zoom, we need to encourage you guys and, you know, everyone who's here on Sunday morning, we have got to share this encouragement that we have got to focus on the kingdom of God. You've got to share the gospel with your neighbors. You've got to, we've, we have got to share the gospel with, if you know, we can figure out how to share it with the checkout person in Publix, right? But we have got to be sharing the gospel of life with those who are dying around us uh, until our Lord returns. And uh, many of us suspect that his return might be close to at hand so but uh, this is just a huge encouragement to me and i wanted to uh to share this encouragement with you do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself today has enough trouble of its own you know and that's not saying you know you should live your life just i'm just gonna quit you know quit high school quit just drop out of life you know drop you know this is not to say to just be completely care but what what this is saying though is you know, I was thinking, you know, if you approach, you know, if you, if you got the apostle Paul right here and I, you know, you'd ask him, you know, Hey, whoa, where, where's your 401k? You know, what's, what, what stocks do you have? You know, he would have said, what? I, sufficient for the today is, is what I make. You know, that's what the apostle Paul would have said. You know, he, he, you know, he wasn't, he would not have put all his money in stocks and then watch it go. Oh, it's not worth nothing. Oh, good. Right. He would have had just what he needed. And it would have, it would, would have been, you know, and all those guys, these apostles that were, you know, the rock of the, and the foundation of the Christian church, you know, these guys did not, you know, get rich and invested in anything. They earned what they needed when they needed and trusted on the, the grace of God, you know, when he provided and changed the world. And I think we need to, we need to remember that. In this day and age, and we've got to teach it to our kids. We have got to teach this to our kids. And we've got to teach it to everyone who attends Lake Howell and anywhere else we go, because this is what Christianity is really all about. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. All this stuff's going to be added to you. And, you know, I, I'm not a model Christian, but, you know, I have in my life, I have tried to, to make him a priority. I have tried to give myself to God and he has, he has blessed me. I'm, you know, I have a wonderful job, you know, and I've never had to beg for a job. You know, praise the Lord. He has added this stuff to me because I have not sought it. I have not sought a job you know, this good, but he's graced me with a job that just has, has blessed me. He provides this stuff, but seek him. Seek him. Pour yourself into the church, you know, your family evangelizing. So much more could be said. And I wanted to encourage you all in that direction. So thank you for listening to me. And, uh, Chapter 7 goes on. That's the conclusion. Well, actually, Chapter 7 
is uh, really your attitude towards others. And then the conclusion starts around maybe verse 13. You could, you could say that might transition into the conclusion there. And uh, he concludes at the very end with this great, um, he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, torrents raged, winds blew, and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. Be that man. Build on the rock. So thank you.